Hey, everybody, it's Anand. Hi, everyone, it's Kirindeep. Hey, it's Audrea. Hi, it's Jaden. Hi, it's Drishti. And we are your usual suspects from the Manmukti Pod Squad here today to discuss the holidays and specifically what it's like to balance mental health needs around those people we call family. Does everyone here go home for the holidays? Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much any any time that there's at least more than one day off, end up going home to Dallas. Yeah, it's almost a reflex. Like if I have a weekend, I go to Dallas, I see my family, I see my lady, and it's like it's part of the the mechanism of it, you know? And I think they're used to it too. They're like, so you're coming for the you're coming for the long weekend, right? It's almost like that taken for granted. It's a rhetorical question. It's not, it's Mm -hmm. not really a a choice. What about everyone else? Yeah, I think uh, Christmas is a one time of the year because I spend a lot of my time away from home because it's so isolated that this is the one that's kind of, Jathan's coming home for Christmas. Most likely it's like a hundred percent. Yeah, I've been actually splitting up my Christmases since marriage. So we do one Mm -hmm. Christmas in LA and then the next Christmas will be in Canada but I am biased. I like my Christmases in Canada because (laughs) (laughs) it's cold and it's snowy and it feels a little bit more like Christmas. Um, So yeah. And it's been nice to bring my husband home and now my kid as well to show them our different traditions. Yeah. I I always go home for Christmas. Uh, It's always just winter break because I'm the only one here still in school. (laughs) But yeah, I, I pretty much always go home for any break. How do you feel leading up to going home? Is there ever any anxiety that, hey, I have to go home and maybe my parents will bring up some awkward topics? There is some anxiety going home for the holidays because, you know, it's been a while since they've been technically empty nesters. But that doesn't mean they've sorted out all the initial conflagrations that inevitably occur once the kids are not there as a buffer between them, right? So they've had mm-hmm. like, 20, 25 years of conflict that, that we've been between them uh, defending the, the, the house, you know, and, um, and now, you know, when I go back, I'm like, you know, what's, what's the temperature of the house, you know, that is something that I think uh, makes it a little bit anxiety inducing to take that trip back. So you feel like the anxiety is more of what are you walking into? Like, you don't, you're not sure what you're walking into. Yeah, that's kind of it, you know? Um, and I, I don't know, this, this must describe a lot of kids, you know, but it's not always, it is sometimes, but not always a place where you can go to relax and let go. Sometimes that's when you got to have the most, uh, you know, composure or, you know, you got to be on, you know, rather than mm-hmm. be able to relax. That's a good point. Um, I, I have a little bit of that feeling, although mostly I... I have what you mentioned, Kirandeep, where I have anxiety about what might come up specifically about marriage, about like, I'm just on eggshells or just kind of have the radar on the back of my head, like, okay, there may be a chance, a very good chance they're going to ask you, when are you going to get married? And I never have like a very like straight, clear packaged answer for that so I have this like anxiety that if I'm there for any longer than a day or even a day that they're going to bring it up. And I hate getting in that conversation. Sometimes it leads to a fight. 
And so it hasn't come up for a while, but I'm still like on edge. Like what if it comes up? So that's, that's the main anxiety that I have. Other than that, it's great. I, I love going home. It's a place to just, you know, be, be a little baby. You know, they still see me as a kid and I don't have to do as much cooking or cleaning. And so that's always nice, but that, that main marriage question anxiety is always there. Yeah, that's a great point. I just as you were talking, I was feeling like a little bit of anxiousness thinking about what it was like <laughs> before, because um, we used to land in the city just next to Port Nelson, so it's a four-hour drive. So there's no way I can avoid anything. Mm-hmm. Right, this, like I'm going to land, I'm going to get in this vehicle. We're going to drive for four hours with my parents, and as somebody who's had like a non-linear progression of career, it's just there's like a lot of questions that come up, like, "Hey, what are you doing? Are you doing enough?" or how's this, how's that? And there's, there was no way of avoiding it. So I think planning to go home was always kind of planning for that conversation. Like that road trip part of it yeah. mainly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like for me, I'm usually pretty excited to go home until I get home. And like, I think for me, it's, it's more anxiety around like my family also doesn't really do traditional holiday stuff. And I think like, on like around this time on social media you see a lot of like people with their picture perfect like Christmas trees and like dinners and all that stuff and we don't really do that um and so it like I think for me the anxiety is always around I feel like it's not as fun and then I start comparing like oh I wish it was like cute and wholesome and things like mm-hmm. that when it's like really not like that at all and like we don't really go on family vacations and like yeah we have like dinners and things like that but it's like majority of the time when we do have those dinners people are fighting so it's like not really (laughs) it's not really what it like looks like so I I remember growing up even like when I was little I'd always feel a little bit upset about but I didn't have the experience of that and so I think going home I still sometimes feel like that um and that's usually where it comes from but other than that I'm like pretty excited to kind of just relax and um like just yeah there's like less work to do obviously and I'm close to my friends back home so hanging out with them is always fun but definitely the comparison around like families does get to me yeah that's that's a good point point. yeah yeah I feel like you know some families will carry on so many different you know typical Christmas traditions and others just don't at all and that's interesting that you bring that up because I never thought about it in that way I just assume that everyone kind of does Christmas the same, even South Asians from what I see, but that's social media. So yeah, and I think that's, that's probably, you know, interesting angle for us to look at, Um, you know, talking about home for the holidays, I think there's, you know, one, one kind of mainstream view of what the holidays looks like. But seeing as that we're South Asian, of course, there are Christian South Asians, but a lot of non Christian South Asians, like, I, only wanted a Christmas tree because I saw everyone else had one and we're a Muslim household and our parents, my parents were like, we don't do that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I'm not saying like, I believe in all that. I just want the Christmas tree. You know, we just yeah. wanted the hallmark picture that we've been fed everywhere. I mean, as soon as Halloween is over, it's like Christmas music blaring everywhere. Winter yeah. wonderland, even if you are, it's 70 degrees in Texas, like you are fed <laughs> that image. But yeah. I think most, if not all of us here, like we probably don't celebrate it that way. So yeah. yeah. I mean, growing up, like we were so hungry for a Christmas tree that we had this table in our living room that was made out of just this like huge circumference piece of wood. Right. And it looked, it was made out of a tree. It was like a, a slice of a tree. 
and it was like laminated and things. And we would put our Christmas gifts underneath that table, Aww. thinking that it was the Christmas tree. And we would put like little decorations on it. And then eventually <laughs> my mom got us a Christmas tree, but we were in our teens at that point. Right. So, and then it kind of grew from there. Like we did the Christmas tree, then we did other decorations. And then my mom one day brought home our gingerbread house. And like, we just did like random things. And now my mom goes all out. Oh, like yeah. it is all out. We do oh pretty much all of the traditions. <laughs> I mean, in Canada, they have like street hockey. And one year I remember going home and they had like a street hockey game and hot chocolate, like on New Year's Eve or not New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. So it's like turned into this big thing. Like, I'm sorry to say, but it's like bigger than Diwali <laughs> celebration yeah, yeah. sometimes. And then also the biggest thing, of course, is being around family. I think it's like a just... It's just like a wholesome thing. I'm excited Love this year. The concept of like what you described is like this uh, holiday hunger that we immigrant kids have, you know, where it's yeah. like you're, you you just want some way to belong. And it, it didn't have to just be, it was Christmas was is the most uh, superlative holiday in, in the country, maybe the world. And so it's an easy thing to latch on to with all kinds of archetypal figures and, and uh, associated uh pleasing activities like being together around a warm fire and presents and chocolate you know, cookies and all that. um santa right yeah i remember to me when i first moved to america christmas was synonymous with america it was the same thing because we moved in the winter time and i thought oh my god is this country always like this it's always snowing <laughs> always presents you know it was the same you know and home alone was the movie the first movie i saw so that that was like oh that's all the movies here are about presents and shit you know so i was like <laughs> I was I was so happy. Uh, I was so happy to be part of uh, this new thing called America by virtue of a misapprehension that that was that was the way this was all the time. And, um, and I think, yeah, like just to echo Thirsty's point from before. Um, yeah. A lot of times I felt because my family doesn't do the holidays like Indian holidays. We never did as loudly as other people that I perceived. Um, where they're posting on social media about their mom's birthday or whatever. And I was like, my family isn't that family, you know? And yeah. it's taken until very recently that I'm okay with it. Like they're them, they're them, you know, what am I going to do? Like they're not, they're not the ones at the reception dancing in the middle with all the young kids. That's not my parents, you know, <laughs> it sounds like they're not his parents either. You know, I mean, I get it, you know, yeah. but I, I, it feels like uh I looked for company for that for a long time. And then finally, when I let go of the expectation that they're different than they are, I started being a lot happier, you know, I started being a lot happier. I actually felt that a lot this year, even just for Diwali, because my dad yeah. was in India and then it was just me and my mom at home on Diwali for one day. And like, that's like the Indian holiday, right? So technically you're supposed to be with all your family. You're supposed to be doing all these things. And it was literally just the two of us like doing the, yeah. the puja and eating. And I, I felt that a little bit. Uh, this year yeah. too and it, I, I sort of also had that realization where it's like I just had this expectation of what it's supposed to look like but it's okay like it like not everyone has it like that and it's like yeah you're right like everyone's family is different and there's not really one that's good or bad it's just yeah it's just you just have this hunger right to fit in and like just be like everyone else yeah, yeah that's so true yeah I mean I was I was today years old when I Peace with that. And you're, you're like 19 or something. So. <laughs> We're always trying to put her in the teens category. 
<laughs> You're a resident teenager. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's just with how pervasive this idea of Christmas is. I mean, Hallmark has, I think, a whole nother channel where it's mostly 20 Christmas movies that come out every day. And it's the same picture over and over again. Winter Wonderland, all these trees, cities, whole towns devoted to Christmas. It's such a thing that it's like it's almost inescapable and just knowing that your family doesn't typically do that I think that was the kind of othering part it's not that like oh I really believe in Santa or I really want to live in a snowy place or what it's just it's all around you and if Mm -hmm. you think to yourself that I don't do this then it just it just automatically others you and so I think that's what it was and I mean it's a big tree with lights it's so pretty (laughs) the whole act of like putting on ornaments like I loved it so I mean as soon as I got my own apartment I mean first Christmas that's what I did I was like we're getting a tree (laughs) no matter what um so yeah I think it's just like the the time like what I do appreciate about Christmas is like that general cozy feeling like that people have towards each other that people have towards being at home I mean yeah like any anything that has to do with a lot with like sweaters and hot cocoa I mean count me in so that's that's always like a fun part to look forward to to coming home those hallmark movies are intense and actually kind of <laughs> they're kind of addicting because it, they set you up to to think that this person has challenges, but really it's like Christmas miracle comes through on mm. basically every one like, Oh, she meets a guy. He's not available, but eventually they get together at the end. It's right. Like, right. Hey, Santa intervenes, right. Something <laughs> intervenes, but I think like there's this pressure to kind of live out that during Christmas time too. Like, Oh, Christmas miracles are going to happen, but it's not always the case for people like, Like, for example, if someone, you know, had a traumatic experience and they lost their family member during Christmas time, like there's so many different stories about like people who have anxiety and and even depression or financial issues around the holidays that actually find the holidays very triggering, or if Mm -hmm. they have just like family issues and they don't want to be around other family members. So, yeah. I wonder if like loneliness, like that feeling of loneliness could actually increase during the holidays for some people because you feel like you're supposed to you, you feel like you're it's the holiday time so you, you're supposed to be like happy and around everyone mm-hmm. but because it's not like that that feeling is amplified because everyone you feel like everyone else is like that um and similar with like financial situations um, yeah because there you feel like you have to give presents to everyone but if you can't afford it then that can take a toll on your mental health as well yeah like the pressure to be happy yeah exactly that's its own thing yeah there's also this thing where the year is coming to an end and you kind of like have to take I guess inventory of what you've been up to and it's not always pretty it's not always a pretty picture it's like oh man what did I do (laughs) yeah yeah and then the new year's resolutions come in you're like oh man let me start over and the new year I mean the, the year ends it has to be said and way better of a way than it starts you know i mean (laughs) you got halloween thanksgiving christmas new year's it's like a it's almost like the end of a concert and then (laughs) january is like going back to the parking garage and waiting in long lines to get out of the you know yeah yeah that's exactly what it is you know and we got to work on the january february holiday game i mean we needed to figure something out you know 
It's like, it's, okay, you have the pressure to, you have the pressure to be around family from Christmas. Then you have the pressure to party and end your year off. Right. Then there's the pressure to either lose weight <laughs> or get your finances in order. Just get your then there's the pressure to have a proper relationship by February. <laughs> and then by Easter, you're like, am I even a good human? You know, like, <laughs> This is a bit, dude. You got to do this on stage. Um, That's why people love summer because all of that is over and then you just enjoy the hot weather. But like Audrea said, uh, you know, the first chance she got, she put up a tree, you know? So as you like, as you move through life, you have more autonomy to pick and choose how you celebrate Mm -hmm. these different things. I remember pretty early on, I think I was around 21 or 22. I realized that New Year's for me was uh, going to sleep at least in time and then getting in like a great workout the next day and like starting my year on on that foot you know so I think the more we realize what you're expected to do you get to make the decisions as to what you really want to do if you're in that uh if you've had that perspective I just want to throw in real quick I want to be Chetan when I grow up where (laughs) I want to go to bed at a decent time for New Year's and start my year with a workout that's amazing and admirable and I can't relate (laughs) (laughs) but uh the the point about autonomy I mean that's true that's I mean do you guys feel like you lose some of that when you go home for the holidays or anytime oh yeah definitely definitely we're definitely running on their schedule and what they want to do the biggest thing for me is I go from being somebody who's making decisions every day to being like, I have to ask, uh, like, there's a hierarchy in the family, right? Like, I'm the, I'm the youngest. As much as I want to feel like I'm in charge, if I, like, do or say anything out of line towards my sisters or my dad or my mom, like, someone's going to cut me off, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm standing there like, hey, guys, like, I'm an adult. I can say these things. And they're like... Yeah, but you're not, <laughs> you know, yes. you're... not in this so, family, hey, you're not. You're not in this we can instance. kick Katie off the chat if you want to say more stuff. And then can... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like when that ever happened, but I feel like you're a grown up now. So it's like, you want to bake cookies? Like you bake cookies, like no big deal. But yeah, although like, I do feel like, so I, I also have like childhood friends um, back in Dallas. So I'm always excited to see them. And now that we are older, we do things like, you know, go out downtown or, you know, stay out a little past 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, so while my parents have let go to some degree, there is still that, you know, like, oh, you have to get back at a decent time. When are you coming home? Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's just 50 more things that I didn't have to deal with when I'm at home or when I'm at my own place, I can come home whenever my mistakes and my decisions are on my own. But now it's like, you know, sometimes my mom, she won't go to sleep until I've come home. So now I have that pressure. Like I have to be back or, you know, whatever, or even just remembering to call. I'm really bad about that. I'm really, uh, you know, just remembering to let them know that I'll be late. So it's just, you know, 50 other things that I have to remember or think of or consider that I wouldn't have to when I'm at my Mm -hmm. own place. Mm -hmm. Totally. For me, it's like the same thing as that. And then it's like, I'm trying to make my plans uh, like while balancing my family's plans, because for Mm -hmm. my parents, like they just make a plan and then assume like everyone's 
also available but and then me and my brother are always like fighting because we also want to hang out with our other friends and then Mm -hmm. our parents will get really pissed off because they'll be like you guys don't spend any time with the family and then Mm -hmm. well and then family time will happen and everyone will just be in a really cranky mood so that just sort of ruins the whole thing too Mm -hmm. but it's like I feel like I don't have any autonomy either because plans just get made and then people feel like you're not prioritizing and then you just sort of feel like you're all over the place as well Uh, I I just this made me think of something which was a long time ago I think it was about 10 to 15 years ago um, I think it might have been in diapers, but there's still so maybe you don't remember. But there was a uh, there was a, there was an uh, episode of the Letterman show where where Aishwarya Rai was there, and and uh, and this was like a big deal for India because it was like she was coming on American TV, and it was like um, what's she going to say to represent her people? And David Letterman goes, uh, "So I understand that you 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 uh, you're 30 years old and you live with your parents, is that right? Because that's supposed to be like a joke, you know." And she goes like, yes, it's true. I don't, I don't have to make an appointment to see my parents for dinner, right? So she's playing that off like we're close to our parents and you guys, you never see them. You got to get on their calendar to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a sense in which uh, we're like a little, we're a step away from that as a generation from Aishwarya Rai's attitude to her, towards her parents. But I think the presumption is that um, as far as plans go, family just takes the, family just takes like the, the first priority i mean my dad will be like uh sunday it's like we're going to the temple right it's like that's like a noon to 4 p.m thing so like say goodbye to the mom with the podcast right <laughs> you know, like that, that that's you know that's last you know um and uh there was a time where it was exactly right like i didn't have anything else to do i didn't have a car and so that attitude just hasn't matured yet to keep up with our autonomy you know and i don't blame them for it and in fact Nowadays, I, I generally just keep time where I know my family hangs out open, and then I mm-hmm. add things later on. Again, yeah. in recognition of the fact that my family is my family. Right. Yeah, you make adjustments as you as you moving forward. It's interesting you mentioned the car because we had like something similar to that, where I knew if I wanted to leave like a family gathering or like a cultural gathering, as soon as I had my license, I would just drive myself. You know, like, hey, mom and dad, like, you guys go. And then me and my sisters, we we would pile into the second vehicle. So then we know we have an escape route if we need to leave, you know. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, And then we could blast all of our rap music on the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing I feel like I have such a potty mouth. And when I go home, I have to be really aware of, like, what I'm saying. Like, that's, like, a big thing for me. Because my mom, like, she won't even let us say stupid, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, stupid or shut up or, like, no. Yeah, you do, not, is... you do not speak to your siblings that way, Aww. which is good, you know, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think like what I've learned too is I've, I've been getting more close with my family as I've gotten older, because um, I think I've, I've come to learn a lot from my, my new sister-in-law because my younger brother got married and her family, they are very, very close with each other. Um, you know, like they FaceTime each other all the time. They joke around with each other. You know, they have potty mouths around each other. They're just very open. They're very close with each other. They spend a lot of time, all that kind of thing. Um, and I just saw that so different from our family. Like for me and I would say my brother as well, we kind of felt like we had two different lives or two different selves you know there was a self that you have with your family and you keep a lot of things kind of like closed and 
then you have your external self and that's where you're more of yourself. And so we felt like we had to keep that up for a while. And so we weren't that close and, you know, we would take family vacations with each other, but, you know, I would just say that I find myself getting more close with my family now because with my new sister-in-law, like she is very close with her family and she wants to be close with our family. So we'll have more activities together and spend more time together. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is like actually enjoyable. Like I'll admit, like I used to dread time with my family sometimes, or I would opt for like hanging out with my friends instead because that was fun and staying at home was not fun. (laughs) Um, There would be like, you know, just like weird tensions or something. But now we've all like, I think we're all kind of realizing with each other, like, oh, wait, you know, this can be enjoyable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's been a nice turn. That's, that's nice. a good point. You know, I, I think there was, a, I, I was, I used to get really stressed out about bringing people into the, uh, the sanctum of my family. Cause I was afraid yeah. that like what, what destroyed me or that nearly destroyed me, but that I've developed scar tissue from will just outright, you know, annihilate anyone I bring in. Um, that's not true. You know, a lot of times, like when you go to your high school again, and it's like, everything looks smaller, you know, and that perspective isn't there for family. Cause you're always around them, but like, maybe the problems that you thought were problems or whatever, aren't as huge as, as you thought they were from being a kid growing up with this stuff. And so it helps to have new eyes to, to maybe tr- retrain your perspective on your family. I think that that was a, a huge thing for me over the past year and a half or, or so when I had the chance to well, I guess I was just, I was just presented with the challenge of reconceiving my family in my mind. And um, I was like, wow, they're, they're okay with strangers and the strangers are okay with them. And I, I still think of them as the, as a young people who hurt me when I was a child, who are just basically my age while they were raising me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like with the new eyes part, um, Marcella, that's my sister-in-law's name. I mean, she would be so curious and engaging with my parents. And then uh, I was like, oh, right. Because I just took them as mom and dad, whatever. This kind of harkens back to our parents episode. But I just thought like, oh, as mom and dad, whatever. And that's just them. But she would be curious about them and engage them, ask them about things, ask them about their interests and, um, you know, try to lean into those. So if there was like a you know, for she's the best gift giver. So she would always like lean into their interests. And I was like, then I ended up learning things about my parents. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Like we can have different conversations um, rather than like, did you eat? When are you getting married? <laughs> just, I'm just reflecting on what Anand was saying about trying to understand how, how it can be for someone to navigate your family. Cause I'm in a situation where this, this year I'm bringing my girlfriend home to Christmas and she's telling me like, hey, like, can you tell me about your family? And I said, this was six months ago or whenever we decided. And we said, I said, oh, don't worry, they're fine. It's not going to be an issue. And then as, as I'm like telling her stories about my family, what it's going to be like, I realized that there are things that she has to navigate that I hadn't considered because they're just my family. And she's like, you know, I'm glad that we started this conversation so much earlier because now I feel like I'm prepared to present my best self because for me, I'm going home. But she's going to go in a situation where someone mentioned earlier, like you have to be on, you know, because she has to be on in this mm-hmm. case. She's she's in front of a family. So I think I've been way more cognizant about uh, her uh, Christmas experience at home and kind of I'm a bit nervous, you know, so I, I that's just a big that, milestone. Congrats. Yeah. yeah thank or you. Good luck. 
<laughs> How did we not lead with this? this I know. So <laughs> way to wait till the end. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, it's an organic conversation, yeah. but so just to, just to switch gears a bit, because I wanted to see what you guys think. Um, as I was driving around thinking about this episode, I was thinking about one, not only like getting crowded in terms of emotional space when you go home, right? But also like not everybody has, like when we live on our own, we have space, we have a room, right? But not everyone's going home to the room, right? People's life at home is like very different. So I, is there anything that you guys do as a team or individually that when you realize like you're getting overloaded or you're not feeling comfortable, even in your own house, is there anything that you guys do to just kind of come back to your norm or find like a balance when you're home? I, my room is still there. So I usually go <laughs> right. into it. Katie's like, right. you know, fully my younger brother. But you know, <laughs> my, yeah, <laughs> but my parents are like, they want to hang out with us like majority of the time, you know, but Aww. usually it's, it's us that put them to sleep. Like we'll hang out in their bedroom. They fall asleep and then we'll sneak out and be like, let's get some snacks you know, (laughs) or like watch some like Christmas movie on TV. So I think like, it's hard, because sometimes I do feel overwhelmed. And it's like freezing cold outside. So I can't even go really go for a walk or anything. Um, But that time between mom and dad asleep until I go to sleep is like that decompression mode where I'm like able to just, you know, be around my siblings or just myself in my room. Um, But that said, my room it, it has been other people's room at some point. And like, there's other things there now that I have a child, he kind of takes over that room as well. So I think it's like, I guess it's different for everybody, but what about you guys? I think my brother is, is that space for me. I think um, being that we grew up in the same house with the same stuff and we often grew up living the same, we didn't have like a separate rooms for a long time. And, um, so we ended up sharing all the good and bad of childhood and, so, you know, or just as you guys described hanging out with your siblings, I think for me, it was always, he was always the real vacation, you know, like when I came home, it was a vacation, but hanging out with him was always the real vacation. And, um, and my buddies, you know, when I got to meet them, which is easy enough to do, you can just say, Hey mom, on a Saturday, rather than a Sunday, you can meet your friends and, uh, hang out with them. And, uh, you know, like a, a workout would always do the trick, maybe not. 6 a.m. on Jan 1st, like my buddy here, but uh, uh, at some point. So it's funny because like I do have my rooms at home and actually I ended up having two because there was the one that was in the original plan downstairs, but then I was, you know, a little bit of a diva and I was like, I want an upstairs room. So I took one of the guest rooms upstairs and uh, so they're both still there, but I actually end up not really using them whenever I'm back home for the holidays and Um, I just usually end up crashing in my parents' room or spending a lot of time in like the common rooms. Um, I'm just living out of a suitcase. So it is kind of strange in that, I mean, I hardly cook anything when I'm at home. And it's just mainly because everything's not in its place like it is at my place. You know, I don't feel as comfortable as like grabbing stuff out of the drawers because I don't know where everything is anymore. Um, And so if I need to decompress, uh, I mean, yeah, so thankfully we have like a couple of free rooms open so I can just like shut the door and do that. Or sometimes I, you know, find like a coffee shop or somewhere else to kind of like do some work um, or yeah, or hang out with my friends. So 
Okay, first of all, you have two rooms that you don't use. I know. And how do you sneak away to the coffee shop? That's tell me that because because I don't want to be in these same set of walls um, in like these same set of my house walls. If I just want to get out of the house completely, which I have terrible cabin fever. So I'll just. And your parents are just cool with that. You're just like, I'm going to the coffee shop to hang out by myself. Oh, well, I mean, I don't say that. I mean, I'm just like, oh, I'm going there to do some work, you know? Um, But yeah, otherwise I think like, because, you know, it's, it's grateful to have like a relatively comfortable sized home. And so we're kind of doing our own thing. Even when we are working Mm -hmm. from home, like I have, I take one corner of the house. My mom is upstairs and my dad is in his room. And so we're all just like working away. So it's pretty quiet. I didn't feel like too overcrowded. My brother if he was at home you couldn't really tell he's like a phantom so <laughs> and we just didn't I, I didn't ever feel overcrowded although if we had whenever we did have family gatherings because I have so much family in Dallas um like a lot of extended family you know we'd have Thanksgivings where it's like 70 80 people at our house then you start feeling a little bit overwhelmed that's when I like step outside for a second but just day to day would be it'd be okay yeah uh so I have my own room too but I feel like I so I usually feel that concept of not having space when I do this daily meditation practice I think my dad is still not really aware of it so I'll be doing it in the morning and then he'll like knock on my door while I'm doing it and I don't (laughs) like I'm in the middle of my practice and I can't really respond but then I'll have to stop because I can't just not respond Mm -hmm. So then it just kind of screws up my routine in that way. Um, That's like the main thing that I think really annoys me when I go home, when I don't have my own space. Um, So I guess. Chrissy, that seems like an easy fix. Just put a post-it note on the outside of your door. (laughs) Oh yeah. Meditation and practice. but like, I feel like he just, he wouldn't see it. Like he would just like, <laughs> just try it this off. time and tell us what happens. Just try like a really <laughs> big, big poster. <laughs> Meditation and process do not disturb. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe I should try it. I actually thought of it. I was just too lazy to make the sign and like find it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of on me. I should have just done that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess otherwise to decompress, I, I really like, I'm hanging out with my friends back home so when I get tired of that I'll go on a walk with one of them so I'll get nature and a friend and then I usually feel rejuvenated a little bit that Mm -hmm. sounds nice yeah Audrey you had mentioned parties and gatherings now that is a whole other can of worms when (laughs) going home for the holidays or any holidays I feel like when you haven't seen people that well you haven't seen these people for either months or years they always have all sorts of questions, you know, mm-hmm. like, again, are you seeing anybody? <laughs> are right. you working? Are you having more kids? Blah, blah, right. blah. I mean, I feel like just um, because it's so many people, I just get kind of just anxious, a little stressed on like, you know, having to say hi to everybody and, um, you know, just like making some kind of contact with everybody. Like, it it just feels like a little bit of like overload in my brain. And so then I just feel like, I don't know, just anxious and stressed, but like we have to say hi to everybody and have some kind of conversation with them. And, you know, I love them. Like I love my family because they're my family, but they're also people that I don't talk to on a very daily basis. And so just that 
there's there's that little stress for me of like just having to say hi to everybody. Um, so yeah, that can, that can get overwhelming sometimes. I've actually seen my husband handle that really, really well, mm. where he actually avoids everyone, but oh. everyone <laughs> sees him. But you know what he does? Anywhere we go, it doesn't matter whose party it is. He will just start doing chores. You know, like the drinks need to be done up. Let's all do the drinks. Where's the food? You want me to help with the food? You want me to help with the cleanup? You want me to help with this? It's like, he just like takes over an aspect of the party and just like is always doing something in behind the scenes. And he just avoids every conversation <laughs> possible. People will come, come up to him. Yeah. But, and I'm just like, where is my husband? You know, like, where is he? I need help. Help. This auntie's asking me too many <laughs> weird questions. That's a practical pro tip is like, if stressed or, you know, to avoid overwhelm, just pick up chores, just pick up some hosting duties. And yeah. Yeah. Happy holidays to all of our listeners and good luck when you're going home. Um, feel free to share any pro tips of yours on how to handle time with family. Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, happy like, holidays. Like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, like, share, and subscribe.